Radio presents Art as Worship with Vanessa Lowry. Welcome to Art Worship. Each week we feature stories of artists and explore their process of creation. I'm your host, Vanessa Lowry, and I'm thankful that you're joining me. On this show, I talk with artists of various faiths, working in a wide range of mediums, on the common theme of how they use inspiration and creativity as an expression of their spirituality. Learn how their art is an expression of their own connection to however they name God, Jehovah, Allah, Source, the Universe, the Great Mystery, or something else. My hope is that these stories will inspire your creative efforts and your own spiritual expression. My guest today is Harry Boone. Harry is a pottery artist. He's also a native of Georgia and grew up in the Atlanta area. He attended Georgia Tech and served in the Navy and worked in the building and development industry for 38 years. Watching a potter work at his wheel while attending a North Georgia Fall Festival about 1968 sparked his fascination with wheel pottery. He started collecting pots that day. In 1985, Harry took a class and centered his first piece of clay. Now Harry spends several days a week either in class or working independently in the studio. He's particularly interested in firing stoneware pieces in wood, salt, and raku kilns. Welcome, Harry. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. I'm excited to have you here on the show. So I know we said that you first got interested in pottery from seeing a potter at work. So how did that, because that was a long time ago. That was a long time ago. And, you know, I don't know. There was something about it that that attracted me. I don't really know for sure what it was. But uh, I remember saying at that time to my wife, Margaret, that, gee, that's something I think I'd really like to do someday. And uh, it just took a long time for me to get there. But in in between, there was something that just sort of drew both of us to to clay and uh, pots and the people that make them. So and the people that make them are really interesting. <laughs> Not well, me, but others. <laughs> well, and I think you are too. We're gonna we'll find out in the yeah, next thirty minutes. Yeah. So does your wife um, play with the clay as well, or does she just enjoy the finished product? Well, she started a couple of years ago doing uh, handwork, slab work, Mm -hmm. not the wheel, but building clay with pieces of slab and lumps of clay. And she loves to do heads, small heads. Uh huh. And so uh, she's doing that, and she's really good at it. She really is. So do you enjoy the slab work as well? Uh I've never really done much. I, I took one class and, and discovered that it really wasn't my thing, that I really loved the wheel. And, uh, but a lot of people start out in the slab work and get the feel of the clay and then move to the wheel. And some stay with the wheel and some go back. So, so you know. can, can you articulate why, why you enjoy the wheel so much? I don't know. I, I think most people would say that working, hand building, working with clay that way is uh, is, uh, is is freer and gives you more latitude, maybe. But I really like uh, the feel of the wheel. I like to uh, form the clay on the wheel, uh, and then you can always uh, form the clay and then alter it. So there, you know, you can. Uh, throw a form and take it off the wheel and do a lot of stuff with it, and uh, and and I just you know I don't I don't know I just really like the wheel. So when you're working on a piece that's on the wheel, how how much time can you work on it on the wheel before it's done? Well, it um, depends. You can work on it a long time. You can work on it for a couple of minutes and have a small pot or 
jar or something, or you can work on it for a while, take it off with a bat. A bat is a separate uh, piece of material that you put down on the wheel and fix it to the wheel and then work off of that. So you can remove the bat from the wheel with your clay piece on it, set it aside, cover it up with plastic, and come back to it two or three days later. So, And it's a process. It depends on what it is you're doing. So when you set a piece to the side for a few days, um, is it still is the clay still wet when you if you wanted to work on it again? Uh, it depends on how you store it. If you cover it well with clay, you can leave it three or four days, and it'll still be fine to work with on the wheel again. Or you can cover it more loosely and let it go to what we call the leather hardness, which if you think about a piece of leather, it's still pliable, and you can work with it, and then you can put it back on the wheel or or or. Uh, uh, put it on sort of a lazy Susan thing, and then carve it, uh, play with it, bang on it, do whatever. Well, and I know that you've you've kind of come to this art a little bit later in your life. I mean, you were fascinated with it earlier, but now right. you've actually started doing it a little bit later. Mm-hmm. So um, how does your spirituality find expression in your art of pottery? Uh, I knew you were going to ask me that because you said you were. <laughs> I've been thinking about that, and it's it's a process. I think growing spiritually is a process, a lifelong process. Uh, working with clay is a lifelong process, can be. Uh, you never get to the end of it. You never learn all there is to know about it. You learn a lot more. Spirituality, I think, sort of the same way. It's a journey. I'm not sure it has an end, you know. And working with clay... I don't know. There's just something about it. Uh, it's earthy. Uh, uh, you know, you don't get clay without it being somewhere a long time and laying there and becoming clay. And recently, just in the last couple of weeks, I went to a demonstration workshop with a Japanese potter, uh, and he started, he was... He was, without saying it, he was is really a spiritual person. He started talking not about clay, but about the beginning of the universe. Wow. About the formation of the waters and the and the earth and how the mountains pushed up and left valleys and the water went there and the soil went there and uh, ultimately there was clay. And a great description about how to go to the mountains and find where the clay is going to be. And uh, so, I don't know, it's just all of that rolled together. Um, And uh, one of my very early instructors, uh, and this was when I was working, uh, and uh, I was out on job sites, and I would come into class 10 minutes after it started and be all strung tight, really tight, and not be able to center the clay on the wheel, which is what you have to do to start with before you can begin to form it. And she would come up behind me, put her hands on my shoulders, and say, Harry, you can't center the clay until you're centered within yourself. And if you think about it, that that relates to everything you do. So 
Well, and that's, I think I think that's wonderful, and it leads into my next question, which is, do you have any kind of a process that you use to get centered, to kind of connect to your creativity and your the zone of where you're going to work? Some days yes, and some days no. <laughs> <laughs> the process is, for me, is just to try to relax and uh, let it happen. Don't push it. Uh, I find that if I have a time constraint, that's really bad because I want to finish. And sometimes you just don't need to finish. You need to let it go and maybe do it later, come back to it later. But it's, it's, it's the process of getting yourself centered and relaxed uh, before you try to work with clay. And that's it's that simple and that's really hard for me. Well, and I think that your your comment of you, you know, sometimes you just want to get it finished and maybe that's not what you need to do. I find that I, I that happens to me a lot, too. You know, I get in my head what I want to accomplish and I it, there's there's something about getting it finished that's really a charge for me. And so sometimes I miss the whole steps along the way mm-hmm. because I'm so con- I'm so concentrating on finishing. Right, right. And also, it's it's a process of practice. The more you do, the really the easier it is. And I think if you get to the point that you can do it without really thinking about it, then that's you've you've crossed a big threshold. Again, back to this Japanese potter. Uh, he had worked for a master for fifteen years. I mean, worked every day, hard. And uh, and then he his thing was, you know, you work for a master for 15 or 20 years and then you leave the master and you learn on your own for 15 or 20 years. And then you can really do your own thing. So that's 30 or 40 years of working with Clay before he felt like. You were really getting there, wherever that is. <laughs> and, and I mean, it, it, he was wonderful. Well, so it, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I don't have that much time. Well, but if you, you know, you took your first class in '85, so you're getting right. close to 30 years now. I'm getting close to 30 years, but you've got to understand that there were lots of breaks in there. Yeah. When there was a lot of work, there wasn't much clay. <laughs> it wasn't much playing with the clay. When there was a lot of so, construction and development work. You... That's right. And so there were long periods of time when I didn't uh, work, do, didn't sit down at the wheel for two or three years at a time. So, so there, uh, But lately I've, I've gotten back into it, and, and that's, you know, the more you do, the easier it is and the more creative you can be. So. So, so listening to this Japanese master, has it made you want to go find your own clay? Yeah. In fact, uh, uh, my instructor and I are going to do that. Oh, really? Yeah. He, he talked. He was at, at, at that workshop also, and so we talked about that the other, other day. And I'm going to talk around to my, some of my friends up in the country and see where they think there might be some clay and, and around some creeks, and, and we're going to try that. So you'll just take some buckets and take some buckets and a shovel get, and right go get some clay and see what happens. So if you if you just go get clay from a creek somewhere, do you have to do something different to it than when you buy clay from a store that's already been processed to a certain extent? 
Yeah, you do. You have to. You you need to uh, work with it and get all the uh, roots and stuff like that out of it. And if you're really doing it right, and I don't know if we'll do this, there's a there's a process where you'd put it in a pug mill and uh, and that sort of mixes up the clay, and then you would uh, run it through another device that takes the air out of it, and we'll try to do all that by hand. So it sounds like that there's several steps to the process that maybe you haven't done yet that'll be an interesting adventure. There are lots of steps to the process that I haven't done yet. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the thing about clay. I mean, you can work with it all your life, and there's still something new, something that you don't know a lot about on on another tangent off of what you're doing. Like, you know, I've never mixed glazes. You know, I don't don't know how to do that. It's like... uh, I don't know, like making a um, a pancake mix. You know, you mix different chemicals together and add water and you get the glaze. But uh, there's a process to doing that that I've not done yet. So that's coming. So do you have a story of of creating your your art in, in clay and pottery that has expanded your awareness of God? I really think that uh, God has his hand in everything. Uh, I'm not a person that thinks that uh, uh, he's a micromanager, but I think there's something there that uh, leads us to do the things that we do. And, uh, yeah, I think that's there, but uh, how it's there, I'm really not sure. I, I, I'm, that hasn't come to me yet, but... Uh, it's definitely a part of what I do. So do you have a favorite type of pot that you like to make? Well, right now I'm trying to make uh, tea bowls, and uh, that's harder than you would think. Uh, and so, you know, you want to do something like, uh, you know, the, the tea bowls is supposed to be uh, a certain shape, a certain size, and all that, but still you've got to put yourself into it so i have a little trouble putting myself into it because i want it to look like the one that's in the picture and it never does (laughs) you know so it's uh but i'm working on tea bowls right now i love to make teapots uh i think the best piece i've ever made it just came out of the kill about three weeks ago and it's a little teapot and it is absolutely beautiful but uh that doesn't happen every time so so can you walk us through the process of, of, you know, from start to finish, how you go about making a teapot or a tea bowl? Okay. Uh, clay comes in a bag from the store. <laughs> Unless you go to the mountains and get it <laughs> Unless yourself. you go to the mountains and get it and work on it. So you, you take your clay and you cut off, uh, in this case, about two pounds, two and a half pounds of the clay. You cut it off the big piece uh, with a wire. And you put it on a table, and you wedge it, which is sort of like, what is it, kneading dough? Uh, you wedge it with your hands to get the air out of it. And once you've wedged it, you form it into a ball or so, uh, a cone, cone shape, and you throw it down in the middle of the wheel. And then you center it, which is a process of using both your hands and forcing the clay to the exact center of the wheel so it doesn't wobble 
and uh, that's a process within itself. And uh, and once you learn to do it, it's really easy, but it uh, takes a little while to learn. And then you sort of, uh, what can I describe, like a, wind up with like if you cut a softball in half and had the mounded top sticking up. And then you put a hole in it, in the center of it, uh, to start the opening. And you push down to a point that's about a quarter of an inch from the bottom of the clay. You pull it toward it, toward or away from you to open up the center. And then you pull up the sides and begin to form it in the form that you want the teapot to be, whether it's straight up or it... Uh, bellies out in the center and comes back to the top and and so now you have and and then you <clears throat> excuse me and then you uh in the opening at the top you create a gallery for you for your uh, for your lid to sit in with your thumb and finger and so now you have the t- the bowl of the t-bowl and you cut that off, and you set it aside to dry some. And while it's drying, uh, you do sort of the same process to make a spout. And you form the spout. And uh, so now you you cut that off. You let it dry. You let them both get leather hard. And you you attach. You cut a cut a hole where you want the. Um, uh, excuse me. You don't cut a hole. You figure out where you want the spout to be, and you punch, draw a circle around the base of the spout on the on the teapot, and you punch holes so the tea can get out once you put the spout on, and then you attach the spout. And then there's the other step is you go, you measure the opening to the teapot, and you form a uh, through the same process that you made the teapot and the spout, you make a lid for the teapot. And you measure it, make sure it's going to fit. And so now you've got the spout on the teapot, you've got the teapot, you've got the lid, so you need a handle for the lid. And you've either done that when you form the lid or you do it separately and apply it to the lid. So now you've got the whole thing, except you don't have a handle for the pot itself. And so you uh, fix attachments on the teapot, lugs on the teapot for the bamboo handle that's going to go on it after it's fired. You set all that aside and let it dry. Uh, And then once it's bone dry, you fire it in a bisque kill, which takes the rest of the water out of it. Then you glaze it. And then you fire it in a kill where when you take it out, you have a finished product. So it sounds like you have to be pretty patient, that there's lots of different pieces that you have to think about and how they work together and if they're going to fit together and if their shape's going to work with each other. Right. It's a, a, a process, and it's filled with a lot of faith. So there, <laughs> there, you know, you've got to have faith when you do this also. So is there a part of the process that you enjoy more than than other parts of the process? Uh not really. It's it's all it's all there. 
It's, uh, and that's, you know, that's a very complicated, making a teapot's very complicated. I like that. And, uh, but I also enjoy just trying to throw a bottle and, uh, or making a straight up form a cup. So when you sit down to work on the wheel, do you typically have in mind what you're going to make? Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you sit down without having an idea or knowing exactly what you want to do, then you want, there's no telling what you, you know, will wind up with, or <laughs> at least for me. And a lot of times I start out in one direction and, uh, for instance, trying to make a bottle and all, all of a sudden I got something that looks bowl shaped instead of bottle shaped. So I'll change directions and make a bowl. <laughs> well, sometimes it's good to be flexible. Right, right. So do you think of yourself as an artist? Uh, I have come to think of myself as an artist, yes, as, I, as I've gotten more into it. And uh, because, you know, it's, um, it's I'm doing creative work. Uh, I've got myself in it. And uh, I think I'm getting better at it. So I think I can call myself an artist. So at what point did you decide to start calling yourself an artist? Well, now that's another question. That's, I think that's a process. I think within the last two or three years, uh, I could say that. Because before that, uh, it was really more just struggling and going to class and, and not having a good idea, even after all those years, of really what I was doing. And now that I'm spending two or three days a week in the process, whether that's uh, cleaning up the, you know, the studio or assisting firing, assisting loading a kill, uh, all that's I just feel more comfortable with it, and I really, really have become to come to think of myself uh, as an artist. Well, and we we talked about you started taking classes while you still had a very busy career, right. and that sounded like it was very stressful. Yeah. How did you find that that expressing yourself through art affected the rest of your your day and the rest of your work? I go back to the centering part. I think that that. I would get into situations where I would actually think about Chick putting her hands on my shoulders and saying, center yourself. And that really relates to everything I do. And it, I've, uh, uh, I've taken classes in center, centering prayer and meditation and I don't know that I would have done that without being involved in the clay work. Uh, and all that works together to, uh, I hope, make me a better person. Well, my next question was going to be, how has your art affected your spiritual evolution and how has your spiritual evolution affected your art? Well, I think they're sort of hand in hand. Uh, uh, I've... Uh, I think I've always had a spiritual side to me. Uh, sometimes it was buried, uh, and other times it's right up on the surface. And so together, again, just working with the clay is uh, kind of an earthy process. It's, um, uh, it's something that people have done ever since we 
been here. I think it's really cool to go to a museum in Greece or wherever over at Emory and see something that somebody did 3,000 years ago and go back into the studio and do exactly the same thing. There may be... I'm not sure that there's a new form that hasn't already been done by somebody. And that, I think, is true in our daily lives. We, we are reliving, we're reliving something that, regardless of what it is, that somebody back there has gone through. And uh, to me, that's kind of comforting. Uh, you know, I don't know. We were in a uh, museum in uh, Olympus, Greece, and uh, I heard this. We always separate, Margaret and I do, because we go at different speeds, and I heard this really squeal, Harry, come here. And she was in another part of the museum. I went running over there. I had no idea what was going on. She said, look at this. And I looked at this beautiful, although, you know, 3,000-year-old or 2,200-years-old-or-something pot. It was uh, like a like a, a a jug, but instead of a top, it had a, a head on it. That was an absolute spitting image of a friend of ours that had died two years before. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing, the shape of the pot, his arms little arms sitting up on his chest. He was a portly fellow, very athletic, but portly, bald-headed. And the face was, I mean, you put a photograph beside it, and it was him. (laughs) He was there thousands of years ago. And when we got back, we took a bottle of wine, sat in in his garden with his wife, and and we showed it to her. (laughs) And she just burst out into tears. She couldn't believe it. But it was an image of him. Well, it makes you think, so, makes you think God recycles his clay too, doesn't he? I think so. <laughs> yeah, right, right. You know, we all come from clay. That's right. <laughs> so have you and your wife collaborated on any projects together? Not yet, but we've talked about it. Yeah, we've talked about it, we, but we haven't done anything together yet. So you could do some teapots and she could do the little heads for them. A little head for the handle. Right. That's right. That's right. Have, have you done collaboration with your pottery with, with any other artists, or has it just been a solo thing for you? It's, well, it's, it's solo in the sense that I'm, I'm doing my own, own stuff. But I really like being in a community of people. Uh, and, and, and we have that at Chastain. And at any studio, you would have the same thing where people connect and you work together, and you feed off of each other. And uh, I like working solo. Uh, I wouldn't want to have a studio at home and do that all the time because I think being in community, uh, whether it's in your art or uh, in your life, being in community, I think, is really important. So what are, you, what are some of the advantages of working around other artists? Uh, there, there's encouragement. <laughs> They're stopping what you're doing and watching what somebody else is doing and how they do it. And I've found that potters, uh, the potters that I know are very free and with their advice. And they really don't keep secrets about their glazes or about how they make their wear or uh, anything like that. They're just very open 
good people, and uh, I enjoy that. So how can our listeners get in touch with you? I know that you don't typically sell your pottery. You donate it to charity auctions, and you give it to friends, and you have it in your home. But if, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, how would they do that? Well, <laughs> they could contact me at my email or my phone number. And uh, if that's okay, I'd be glad to just sure. tell you what that is. Sure. My email is boone B-O-O-N-E, at bellsouth.net. My phone number is 404-642-7510. So now everybody's going to be calling you saying, Harry, we've got a question about <laughs> making those pots with the heads on top of them. Uh, like I used to say when I was working a lot is... Uh, I don't know much, but I know a lot of people. <laughs> and and like you said, you know, being it's, in community, it, that really is a huge benefit to it is. It's be connected to a lot of people. Yeah. That's how I got here, isn't it? That's right. That's yeah. right. We yeah. have a, a friend in common. So, right. so yeah. um, what would be one thing that you would tell our listeners about how they could use their own creative expression as a way to connect with their spiritual expression? Or a couple things. Yeah. One or two things. Okay. Well... Um, I would say uh, do it. Um, it. It does. I don't think it matters what you do creatively, uh, whether it's uh, cooking your favorite recipe in the kitchen or planning a party. Uh, I, th- I think it all can be a part of your spiritual life and connecting back uh, with whatever you need to connect back to. <laughs> and I really think being in community with that is very important. Excuse me, I've got to get some water. Okay. <coughs> I made you talk too much. Yeah, <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, but no, I, I do. I think it's it's very important, and uh, just do it. Uh, if I had started. Uh, Back there in 1968, if I had acted on that, uh, I think I'd, I'd, I'd be a better person. And I would, as much as I love what I'm doing now, I would <coughs> really love it, I think, more if I were more accomplished at it. And I don't know that I will ever feel that I'm really accomplished at it, no matter how good I get. So the earlier you start, uh, I think the better off you are. Well, and I think there's something to be said for always having that beginner mindset too and so that we all you know i think a lot of the artists that i talk to feel like there's always so many more things to learn and so much better they can get at everything that they're doing so and you're always self-critical i'll look at something and say yeah that's i don't know about this i don't know the glaze or the shape or whatever and i'll set it up somebody and somebody will pick it up and say oh god you know i really love this and that's a good feeling that is a good That's feeling. That's a good feeling when somebody appreciates what you've done, even though you may not appreciate it. Right. They much. can see something that they maybe you see. don't see. That's right. Yeah. Well, it, Harry, thank you so much for being with us today. It really has been an interesting show, and um, I appreciate you being part of it. Well, Vanessa, I have enjoyed it. I really have. As, uh, as anxious as I was before I got here, uh, uh, it's been a good experience. Well, and you, and, and thank you, you so much. You were very calm through the whole thing. I didn't think Can't you were anxious it. at all. Can't so it. Thank you. Well, and thank you to our listeners. Um, I welcome your suggestions and comments on this or any of our shows. You can find links to all of our shows on Empower Radio and on our website, artasworship.net. 
Please come share your stories of artist worship on our Facebook page, which is Facebook, facebook.com forward slash artist worship. Listen in next week as we talk with another artist about their creative process and how it connects with their spiritual journey. May you have an inspired and creative week. Namaste.